0: Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm still catching up from the holidays, and there's a few articles that I haven't gotten to yet, so I'm sorry if I'm missing anything. But just want to say a massive thank you to Smoke Monster, Ray Commend, and Ronnie for jumping in and writing some awesome articles. And of course, a big shout out to Justin from Console Kids for keeping the site running and alive. So thanks so much to everybody who contributes. I really, really appreciate it. But there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about, so let's jump in. First up is an article written by my buddy Chris from Belgium. Sorry, I forgot to just give you a shout-out. My bad. Um, But uh, there's now an internal analog-to-digital HDMI solution for the original Xbox. So it's not a true digital-to-digital, but as anybody that's worked with analog video knows, the closer to the source, the better for any kind of conversion. And it is pretty neat there's a, it looks like a three d printed case or a three d printed bracket so that you could remove the original multi out and then put this in its place so while it's still not as good as something like a true digital to digital conversion, it seems pretty neat, uh, especially for people that were needing that from the Xbox so I'm still crossing my fingers hoping for a real true HDMI solution but if people like modding the Xbox and they want to add something to it, uh, you know that's certainly another option now so It's very cool to see things like this, and I hope that we're going to continue to grow for the original Xbox because there's a lot that could be done with that console. Raycommend recently posted a very great spoiler-free overview of the Netflix show High Score Girl, which is essentially a TV show that... Um, makes a lot of references to 90s arcades and even the TurboGrafx-16 or PC Engine. So uh, I thought it was great, and I'd really love to see more write-ups like this. Um, And I'd also like to hear what everybody else has to think about stuff like this, because while the, the weekly podcast, at least my interpretation of this, has always been let's let people know what's out there and go see for themselves, so far, a lot of the articles written um, really have just been my middlemanning. You know, hey, here's this cool new thing, here's the link. Where Ray's post is really just a really great written article, like you'd find at, you know, at other places. So let me know if you guys want to see more of that. I certainly enjoyed reading this one, and uh, you know I would like to see more of it as well. And if you're interested in reading about the TV show High Score Girl, uh, definitely check this one out, because it, um, it made me want to watch it, I'll tell you that much. A ROM of the unfinished SimCity NES port was just released to the public, which I think is absolutely awesome because we'd all heard about this a while back where they found the NES version of the SimCity port um, and for whatever reason was unreleased. But now we get to experience what it would have been if it were released on the NES back in the day. So uh, thanks very much to anybody that was involved in that. um, And it's something that's pretty, uh, pretty worth checking out if you have the ability to play ROMs with MMC5 support. Footage and new info of Streets of Rage 4 was just released, and I think it looks really cool. Um, I think the artwork is in the same style that Lizard Cube used when they were redoing the Wonder Boy game, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out on newer consoles, but um, it looks like they're doing a great job, and it's certainly something that I'm pretty interested in checking out. Uh, If you'd like more info, Ray did a great write-up of this, and uh, I think this game is due to be released by the end of the year. Um, And I certainly don't want to put a time cap on this because I really don't mind when there's delays to games if it's because it's already a great game that they're trying to tweak and make even better. Uh, And this certainly is not going to be one of those things that just gets delayed forever. Lizard Cube does a great job with their games. But this looks pretty awesome, and I'm looking forward to trying it myself. A new Atari 7800 game called Ricky and Vicky will be available soon that uses a cartridge with a custom chip they're calling the BUP chip making this a game that really exceeds what could have been expected from the Atari 7800. The game is available right now on Steam for about $10, and um, the Steam version is kind of like a special emulator with this ROM all wrapped into one, so it's a pretty close, uh, if not almost exact version of what you would get on the 7800 just using emulation. So it's uh, you know certainly a neat thing. I really love it when new solutions push older consoles, like the MSU one chip audio games and all the crazy stuff we've been seeing. So um, while I don't own an Atari 7800, I definitely plan on checking out the game. And uh, it's just very cool to see stuff like this keeping the community going and having new and interesting inventions on old consoles. The Toodles MC Tulu boards are now back in stock at Paradise Arcade Shop. I'm positive I'm mispronouncing Cthulhu, but whatever. Uh, And this is one of those controller adapters where every time I talk to hardcore arcade gamers or people that like to get into retro, this is the name that's always dropped and it's always out of stock. Uh, So I felt it was worth mentioning that it's back for the same $25. It's a great inexpensive thing that allows you to take any fight stick or arcade system or whatever, manually wire it through this and allow this to be played on original consoles. So, I had uh, Ben from iFix Retro wire up one of my sticks and uh, make me a whole bunch of um, adapter cables for it. And it gets support for all of the different consoles that you see here. And, you know, I, I have yet to lag test it, but it, uh, it, at the very least, everybody says that these things are pretty much zero lag. Um, and I certainly haven't found an issue yet. So at some point, I would love to put this, the Brook Retro, and the Brook Regular, um, which are two different boards. That uh, One does something very similar to this. The other one allows compatibility with PC as well as PS3, PS4, and all that. So I would really love to put them all up against each other in some kind of lag test just to see if they really are all zero lag. But either way, if you were looking to build a custom arcade stick that also has supports for original consoles, definitely check this one out. And at $25, it seems like a pretty good deal for people that just want to wire their own sticks. The Mr. FPGA project has just added Game Boy Color support, and it looks like even though it's an early adoption, it seems to be pretty good. I guess some games can't play at all, but the ones that do seem to play very well, so it's certainly a great first step into Game Boy Color support. And as I talked about you know, for a half hour straight on the uh, Game Boy Advance video I recently released, this is something that's pretty important to myself and a lot of other people because having a true, accurate recreation of the games, being able to be played on either a CRT or a flat screen is something that I really, really enjoy. And um, you know, while I'm always going to be a fan of using things that have original hardware, such as Woozles Kit or the Game Boy Interface software on the GameCube, Um, having an FPGA core for it is gonna really add a lot more options and weird things you could do with it so thanks so much to the team that are bringing this to light and uh, I'm looking forward to trying this out when I finally have time to reflash my mister and jump back into testing a new poster for the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog movie was just released and I think it's been universally hated by just about everybody (laughs) so um, I mean it's just a poster who knows how the movie's gonna turn out but uh, Yeah, it's weird. It it feels like it was, at the very least, you know, regardless of my opinion, like it, dislike it, whatever, it definitely feels like the poster was drawn by somebody who has never played the games, ever. They were just told to draw a picture of a blue hedgehog with sneakers that can move really fast. I'll leave the opinions up to you, but hopefully the movie doesn't suck as bad as the poster. Footage for the upcoming homebrew Genesis game, Crypt of Dracula, was just posted on YouTube, uh, I guess Mateus Bias has posted some updated footage that shows some pretty awesome music as well as a great looking Genesis game. So while he's hoping for a 2019 release, it was still cool to see footage, and uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out when, uh, when it's released to the public. A group of people frustrated with the whole Paprium situation have created a parody game called Papyrium, um, and they're looking to release a game that's actually real and not vaporware. So, while this is kind of silly and kind of fun, um, I, I would like to see something like this released. Especially if they could have, have a game that was similar to what Paprium promised, but, you know, actually get it to people. So, this is kind of funny. And I, I still don't think there's any word from uh, the people behind Paprium on anything, but what a weird situation. Someone just created a hack that allows you to take the room data saved on your Roomba vacuum and turn it into a Doom level. Um, basically then just auto-generating all the stuff in between. And I think it's absolutely hilarious. I think it would be even funnier to do it to the small-ass apartment I live in because that would be one very easy level to play. <laughs> but I think this is really cool, and I think this is something like, you know, if you work into a larger building or something like that, uh, when I say larger, you know, something with a bunch of rooms in it, it would be really cool to, like, send the room out to map it so you could have a Doom level of your own space or something like that. I don't know. Uh, stuff like this. This is one of those things where the initial idea probably was just like a fun, neat thing, and people are probably going to find stuff to do with this that far surpasses the original idea, but either way, it was uh, pretty awesome, and I loved the thumbnail Ray came up with that was the Roomba as the head of the, the guy fighting. <laughs> so definitely check that out if you have a Roomba and uh, the desire to hack stuff like that. So this next thing's pretty neat. There's now an interactive movie on Netflix called Bandersnatch, which is part of the team that I think makes the Black Mirror TV show. And in this interactive movie, there's a fictional company called Tuckersoft that developed a few games, one of them called Nosedive. And that game is now a real ZX Spectrum game, just like it is in the movie. So not only that, I think they make references to RetroArch as well, and... There's just a bunch of other retro awesomeness in this. So it's kind of neat to see more of the retro love going around. I've met a lot of people over the years that uh, that work in the TV industry, and even a few that worked at Nintendo that love a lot of the things that we're all working on. So it's really awesome to see it spill out into more of a mainstream thing. So uh, if you have Netflix, I guess check that out. I, I certainly want to find time to. That uh, interactive movie thing seems pretty neat. I think the last time I tried something like that was one of the last Final Destination movies. Or you could do like a Choose Your Own Adventure DVD, and it was very meh, so we'll see how this is. A new dump of the unreleased Virtual Boy game Bound High was just released. I guess the game that we'd all been playing, um, the ROM that was released a while back, was based off of source code that people had found and made some changes so that it compiled correctly into a game, and this was found uh, on an actual Virtual Boy cartridge, and it was a, it seemed to be at least an official prototype. So the team that dumped this one found that it was compiled a little bit differently. So while nothing that, as far as they know, was no major changes, no major additions, it does have the potential to run differently. So if you have the ability to play Virtual Boy ROMs and you like the game, uh, maybe try this one out as well. And I gotta say, this was a very neat game that gave you a true perspective of what the Virtual Boy could do. It wasn't just like a game with a 3D background. It, you know, it very heavily relied upon that. So uh, very cool to see this come to life, and if you have the ability to play it, I highly recommend it. Smoke Monster just updated the script for his Mr. Pack to version 3.0, which is a pretty huge update. With this one, as long as you're plugged into the network, you could run the update script right from the Mr.'s GUI, and it'll fetch the latest official cores, uh, Mr. Main filters and palettes from all of the cores. So that's pretty incredible. I mean, that, that just really makes the updating and everything about this solution so much easier. Uh, Smoke Monster suggests that when you get this new version um, to format your SD card and start from scratch. I think there's a few other ways you could do it, but the best thing to do is just really erase the whole thing. Um, and there's uh, instructions on how to do all of that, but it's not too hard, so I would recommend just doing it that way. And a huge thanks to him for doing all this. The ROM of Sega Sonic Brothers has just been released. This was the game that I talked about a while back about someone who was taking a Sega System C2 arcade game and porting it over to the Genesis. And this happens to be one of the arcade prototypes that was unreleased before. So it's both cool because it's a port and it was previously unreleased. So um, anybody with the ability to play a Genesis ROM, I would recommend checking this out just because it's a neat piece of history that we've never been able to see before. It looks like those vector monitor conversion kits are going back up for sale. Last year, I talked about a kit that allows you to take a consumer grade CRT and modify it to become a color vector monitor, which is awesome because that's something that could never be recreated on either a flat screen or a regular CRT. Um, to really experience what that's like, you'd have to actually play it to see it. And the kit, which was originally designed by Fred K., has now been uh, moved over to a different team who are starting to improve on it and reopened pre-sales for it. Unfortunately, pre-sales are only on Facebook, so, uh, you know, many people, including myself, don't like to bother with Facebook, so hopefully they'll be able to move along to some other place. But the only other negative is that this kit requires you to rewind the yoke. Now, Obviously, anything involving working with CRTs is dangerous. Anybody that tells you it isn't is either an idiot or lying to you. It's very dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. And rewinding a yoke is something that's quite tedious. So the price point's 350 which is expensive, but, I mean, this is kind of a big deal, so okay. But that's not the issue. It's really, it's not the price, it's not the danger, it's that rewinding a yoke is something that um, that's complicated. So uh, I personally hope that they make at least a few of these available for sale. I would love a 19-inch color vector monitor. Um, I think it would be unbelievable to take something like um, the Mr. Platform and hook it up to that. And if we ever got a Tempest Mr. Core to play on a 19-inch color monitor, I think that would be the coolest thing ever. So um, anybody interested uh, you know, that that's willing to deal with Facebook groups, <laughs> jump right into that. Um, and you know, if anybody, anybody who's made a few of these wants to make one more for me, let me know. Cause I definitely buy it. I'm really excited about stuff like this. And even if it's something that only gets taken out every now and then, I just think, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, I would love to experience now and then eventually make sure I get it in the hands of some kind of museum. Cause it's something that people should really experience and be able to mess with. Someone has just released a patch for the Sega arcade game Guardian Force that cleans up the code and reduces the input latency. um, you know, latency is something that I talk about all the time. I sometimes just call it lag uh, without explaining what it is that I'm talking about. Um, and it's something that I will have a video out on I, I, as soon as humanly possible because it's something that's uh, important and people need to understand. But generally, <coughs> generally speaking, when I talk about lag, I'm just referring to the latency that's added from using a flat panel TV over a CRT. But input latency is something that's a big deal these days with modern games because you have wireless controllers, you have latency from code being sent back and forth across the internet for multiplayer games. But for older games, input latency was very often found with games that were just programmed badly. So, you know, very simply, the amount of time it takes from when you press your button to when things happen on the screen could just take too long and makes games harder to play and sometimes just not fun at all. So it's pretty awesome to see that somebody patched this. And if you have one of the Darksoft STV kits, you could use this on official hardware. So essentially play a, what, in my opinion at least, would be a better version of the original. So uh, you know, anybody who likes working on these things, please keep them coming. Because even if it's not the definitive version to play, I guarantee there's more people out there that appreciate this than you would know. So thank you very much for the team doing it. T.R. Fightstick is now working on a Capcom CPS-2 Metal Arcade case. Um, He'd already shown off his work for the CPS-3 cases, which I believe I talked about a while back. And it really looks awesome. I love things like this. Uh, The CPS-2s come with cases that I always... uh, I love the way they look, the, the weird turtle shell look. But some of us just, you know, you found cases that are broken over the years... Uh, Some of your cases have been broken. Shout out to Beast. Sorry, dude. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, you know, stuff like this is absolutely the perfect, perfect replacement. Um, And maybe TR Fight Stick would consider making these things for other people who need, especially arcade boards, but really any time a replacement case is needed. So we already mentioned the Dreamcast replacement cases so that you could have the HDMI hole cut. Um, me, personally, I would really like one for the Midway boards. Uh, I just posted on Twitter. I didn't want to make a news post about it, but I got a, um, a case that uh, an acrylic case for my UMK3 board where none of the holes lined up. So, uh, I mean, it was really expensive and not something that I would have wanted to spend that much money on if I knew it was going to get that quality. So uh, I really hope TR Fight Stick looks into to things like that where we really could use them for other platforms. And being metal, um, it has both advantages and disadvantages, but I I think the strength of it, and as long as it's well ventilated, uh, should be a a benefit in most cases. But I'm looking forward to seeing them uh, and seeing how much they charge for them. Benji Edwards of VintageComputing.com just revealed the Virtual Boy dual arcade stick called the BX250, which I think something like that is probably a really good fit for some of the Virtual Boy games. Um, Myself, personally, what I would really love to see is support for the Virtual Boy in something like the MC Cthulhu or Brooks Retro. So if you already have a fight stick, you could just make one of those RJ45 to Virtual Boy controllers. Um, But this is, you know, this is a good follow-up because, you know, if you don't have one of those sticks, you might not want to go through all that trouble just for Virtual Boy support. But either way, I'd also like to see a configuration Street Fighter because I think the Street Fighter homebrew game is absolutely amazing Um, and I think it's something where if we had better ways to play it we'd start to see more versions of that game popping up so um, I mean uh, Benji if you want to make one like that I'd be willing to try it and and then send it back to you but I think it's very very cool and uh, I just I love all the, the continued support for the Virtual Boy Because it's weird, it's different, there's only a handful of great games for it, but the ones that are really stand out. So uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to try one of these, and uh, if you're interested, um, the link is right in the article. Okay, now it's time for the drawing of this month's supporter giveaway. This time it is a ProTech toolkit from iFixit that has pretty much every bit you could possibly need for working on consoles. This one was donated by Armed and Overclocked, so thank you very, very much for doing that. Um, and this is going to still be a monthly thing that's available to any of the supporters, whether it's on any of the platforms that are coming out now. I think uh, all the pushback against Patreon was at least a good thing because it finally pushed competitors to pop up so people have choices now. Um, I'd love... The fact that there's a supporter interaction, and I'm super appreciative of uh, everybody that supports and makes these videos possible, but I did kind of hate that it was tied to one thing, and now it's not. Now the links are below to all the services I subscribe to. Every time a new one pops up, I'll subscribe to that as well, and this way it's it, do whatever is easiest for you. So thank you very much for all the support, uh, but let's move on to the spin wheel and do the giveaway. Okay, time for the drawing. Here we go. Stephen McKenzie, well, congratulations. Thank you very much for your support. Um, and if I don't hear from you in a few days, I'll contact you, but I like, to, I like to wait for people to hear on their own. I know it's silly, but it's kind of fun for people to hear their name called. So Stephen McKenzie, thank you again, and uh, I'll be in touch. That's almost it for this week. Just a few more things I wanted to mention. First off, I have that Dreamcast HDMI video coming. Um, I don't like to talk about them. I usually like to just drop a trailer and then do the video, but I put the trailer out and then Steve from HD RetroVision was nice enough to go through it with me again and found a bunch of little mistakes things where I said on instead of off, black instead of white, that crap. So I just thought um, I really needed to step back, maybe just wait a few days and see what else I found wrong with it. Cause I just, this one means a lot. I really, uh, I love how the DC HDMI came out, but on top of that, how the Dreamcast signal works has been such an enigma. And if it wasn't for Steve, for Fuda, and then of course for Christoph and Dan for patiently explaining this stuff to me, I would have never understood because there's so much erroneous information out there. Um, Not many people have been able to put it in a way where you could understand it fully. And I'm trying real hard. So it's not just a DC HDMI review. It's basically Dreamcast on a flat screen TV. And if all falls into place, We should all be having this uh, Friday morning. I need uh, at least another full day of edits and checking and stuff like that. But big thanks and shout out to them. And also, I didn't want to waste a news article on it, but I'm sure we've all heard that uh, Soldier Boy got shut down. And now if you go to soldierboy.com, it redirects to Nintendo, which is hilarious. So two quick thoughts on that. Um, Number one, all the people that were kind of harping on that and don't seem to understand what the difference is between a very famous person with a lot of subscribers and followers uh, pimping something like that versus just a random AliExpress seller. That's a huge difference. You know, the, the devices are never right they're never, you know you're selling other people's ip on them it's never a good thing but nintendo doesn't care about the ones that sell 20 a year but now when a huge famous person is trying to to pimp millions of them and then laughing in the face of other people's ip i mean it's kind of fun to watch them do that at nintendo cuz very often over the years they've been positioned as the bad guy anybody who read uh, the console wars would probably agree with me But that's way beyond them. There's games on there from indie developers that are losing money. And while I still, to this day, think that an individual buying something, finding their own ROMs and playing them doesn't really... On classic consoles, doesn't cut into things. Um, The newer stuff does, and that kind of bugs me. The bad side of that, though, is I hope this isn't now more momentum to pick on the little guys. The people that have genuine genuine, uh, intentions... Don't try to profit from it. I hope this doesn't just steamroll to the other side. So, uh, Soldier Boy could have unwittingly opened up a, a wave of crap for all of us. So, uh, you know, with all due respect, if you're really amazing at music, stick to music. You're not going to see me start to do videos on how to dance. Soldier Boy should not be making video game consoles. It's just the way it is. So <laughs> uh, So, I guess I will leave everybody with that. <laughs> the thought of me doing a dance instructional video but uh thank you so much to all my amazing subscribers and supporters these videos could not happen without you um i will catch up with all the stuff that i missed next week because i will finally have some extra time once the Dreamcast video is up there to go back and write all the articles i've been sitting on uh nothing crazy or time sensitive no pre-order stuff or anything like that so don't worry uh you're not missing anything but there is a few things left to talk about um so stay tuned next week